Welcome to the Plant Witch Podcast, where we enter together into the web of life in all of its many seen and unseen dimensions. I'm Erin Schrader, owner of the Rebel Herbalist, and it is my honor to hold this portal to the other world. Let's enter, shall we? Yesterday, the remnants of Hurricane Ida moved through south-central Pennsylvania, where I live. More than eight inches of rain fell, overwhelming our creeks, runs, races, and streams that carry water to the Susquehanna River, who serves to reunite that water with the Chesapeake Bay and the Atlantic Ocean. Many people I know have inches or feet of water in their basements and in their houses. There were several water rescues near my home and throughout this area. Another herbalist that I know who spent four years transforming degraded land into a lush regenerative farm lost all of those four years of work to floodwaters yesterday in one day. Tornadoes came through and destroyed barns, killed chickens and turkeys, and created damage to infrastructure. As I walked the land here in the sacred grove where my family lives, I watched the way the water moved and coursed as it rushed for lower ground, being pulled by the river and the sea. We are in a small valley below the highest peak in our area called Sky Top. That's about 900 to 1,000 feet of elevation above sea level. Our house is about 400 feet of elevation and the neighboring farm is slightly higher. So we get the rushing water from Sky Top and also from the farm next door. Currently, the farm fields are planted in corn, and so the runoff was not nearly as bad as a hard spring rain when the fields are barren. We've created check dams in our runoff stream to save our topsoil from being carried away in heavy rains and to slow the erosion of the banks of this creek. The water moved through the grove with speed and purpose, but no destruction. No trees were taken. The banks of the stream were not cut by the raging waters. Our sump pump, thanks to our generator, was able to keep our basement dry. We were very, very lucky here. These extreme weather events, which are becoming increasingly common, help to shake us awake to our complacency and our sense of invincibility. As modern humans, we don't have to struggle against the forces of nature. We move from our climate-controlled houses to our climate-controlled offices, 
in our climate-controlled vehicles. Faceless and nameless farmers grow our food, and it's brought to our groceries by faceless and nameless truck drivers and barge operators. And now it's brought to our door with contactless drop-off by DoorDash or the grocery chain's drivers. We are separated from these forces of nature as modern humans. But that is shifting. Wildfires, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, droughts, contagious diseases, they are shattering our sense of invincibility, which is extremely shaking, difficult, confronting for many modern humans. We are not, by our wealth and our technology, immune to the powers that have shaped and formed this planet. These powers continue to shape and form this planet, despite our technology and our sense of invincibility. Our ancestors understood these powers deeply, and they developed rituals to appease and seek favor with the forces that create and destroy. As modern humans, we've been conditioned to see these practices as backward, primitive, superstitious, but our ancestors were living out of a worldview that prioritized and emphasized relationship. The rituals and offerings that they made to these forces were an effort to seek and solidify relationship. In the event of catastrophic weather or crop failure, great efforts would be taken to reestablish relationship with the deity that was felt to be responsible for this destruction. Our ancestors would make offerings, pray, fast, seek wise counsel. They also had a toxic pattern that is truly superstitious, in my opinion, where they would look for a powerful magician to blame for bringing this destruction upon them. Or they would blame it on a race of people thought to be evil or suspicious. Though I don't advocate for this superstitious victimization of looking for a hex thrower or blaming a race of people or a religion, I do see value in the worldview of relationships and of the practice of establishing and tending relationship with the powerful creative forces of this world. There are many ways to seek and establish relationship with these forces. For me, it's been helpful to connect the micro and the macro through the elements. We can work with the element of air by connecting the powerful macro force of that element, the tornado, the hurricane, to the powerful micro force of that element in my own breath. With fire, we connect the eruption of volcanoes and the scorching heat of the summer to the warmth of our own blood and the fires of our passion. The great rising seas and rushing floodwaters live also in our tears and our sweat. The trembling, quaking earth is our bones and our teeth and the salt of our tears. 
we exist within and through the dance of these elemental forces. Encountering them within the physical form of our bodies opens a door for deep and enduring relationship. We begin to understand the movement of these elements, their wisdom and purpose, their interconnection with life on earth. We tend the waters of our bodies and in turn, we tend the waters of the earth. We feel gratitude for each breath and in turn, we desire to care for the air that we all breathe. These bodies are vehicles for relationship with the imminent forces of nature that make life on this planet possible. For decades of my life, I practiced a transcendent spirituality, thinking if I could just meditate enough, I could alchemize this whole physical form into a spiritual light that was somehow above the carnal nature of matter. During that time, my, de- my neglected physical body became very ill. It was calling out to me, pleading for my attention and care. No amount of meditation could give my body what it needed. I shifted my worldview and my spiritual practice to a practice of communion with imminent and practical animism. Everything is alive. Everything is sentient. I stopped turning away to achieve some higher reality and instead turned toward this life, toward this body and this moment. I started going into my feelings and emotions as they arrived, breathing deeply with them, tending them. In this practice of radical presence and practical relationship with my body and my experience, true alchemy became possible. When we focus on relationship, we know that terrible things can still happen. Floodwaters can wash away what we hold dear These things haven't happened to us as punishment or because we have fallen out of favor with the gods of weather or a powerful magician is casting curses. The forces that have made life possible on earth also destroy life on earth. That is simply what is true and has always been true. When we move into relationship with that truth, we find a humble reverence. And the depth of the miracle of our existence becomes clear. All of life here is balanced on the head of a pin. The conditions for oxygenation, climate stability, drinkability of water are carefully balanced by elemental forces, tides and air currents and ocean currents, the movement of sediment carried by winds across the seas, the cycling of cold and warm water currents between the equator and the Arctic, the flourishing of tropical forests. It's all a dance of these elemental forces that make life possible, just like the dance of hormones in our bodies, the acid alkaline balance, the mineral balance, our blood oxygenation, the temperature, the narrow range of temperature that our bodies can withstand. Again, the micro and the macro. When we stop tending the body, 
If we ignore our thirst and our hunger, if we ignore our temperature fluctuations, either fever or hypothermia, if we ignore hygiene, the body becomes ill. This is also true for the body of the earth. We have ignored our relationship with the imminence of the earth body as it impacts our own bodies. And for that, we are suffering greatly. This is not punishment from a vengeful God, but consequence from our own choices. Just as infection is consequence for ignoring a wound, or heart attack is consequence for unmitigated stress and unhealthy foods, and sometimes illness and devastation befalls a body that is lovingly tended, purely because that is the nature of life on earth. On the path of imminence and descent, we know that we are only in control of a tiny fraction of our experience and that mystery and mysterious forces are truly delivering many of our experiences. And yet, the tiny fraction of life that we do control, we are accountable for. My best friend taught me the saying, trust in God, but tie your camel. We all have to do our part steward our bodies in the earth. Take seriously the part that each of us plays as a human at this time to be in right relationship with these forces. When we tend the breath, the earth of our bones, the water of our tears, the fire of our passion, we are tending the larger world and opening ourselves as vessels for healing and change. When we begin to speak the language of these forces, we begin to understand their movements, their needs and their patterns. The study of these forces and their movements is the foundation of wisdom throughout time. These are the skills of the healers and the magicians. They have watched and studied the intersection of universal forces upon the human and learned how to move in relationship with those forces. We would be wise to move back into right relationship with the waters, the sky, the earth, and the fires. We would be wise to give them offerings of songs and art and beauty and humble service. We would be wise to learn their patterns and heed their warnings. These are the powers of creation and destruction. If we are not moving in right relationship to these forces, we will not be able to navigate the destruction as it intensifies, which it almost certainly will. To my friends who were affected by the flooding and high winds of Hurricane Ida, or the wildfires that rage on our west coast and in Europe, and Canada, or the coronavirus contagion, or the recent earthquakes, or the unchecked violence of humans inflicting suffering on other humans in the Middle East and across the world. My heart is with yours. I know that you're tired. I know that the challenges seem insurmountable that the devastation feels like too much to bear, too much to rebuild from. 
that the uncertainty and the escalation of these events can make us feel despair and powerlessness. When we feel despair, we are vulnerable to the forces that would see us fail. These forces would turn us hard and bitter, would convince us to see enemies everywhere, to take what we believe is ours, no matter the cost to others or the world. These forces have created enough destruction and damage on this planet and in our individual minds and hearts. Let's not give them any more hold among us. Instead, we can find the gentleness of the wind in our breath. We can be reminded of the soft nature of all things that exist alongside the fierceness. We can remember that all things pass. We can feel the sturdiness of our bones as they hold us upright and remember that the earth has not forsaken us. We can feel the waters of our grief and know that we are still here, still alive and open-hearted enough to be touched by life. All of these are doorways, portals to experience the fullness of a human life. We can be broken by life on earth in these times, ripped open and made fodder for the devastating movement of Watiko. Or... We can be broken open in ways that allow the great and revivifying love of this world to come pouring through us. Sometimes that love looks like destruction, especially when it is bent on destroying systems of oppression. When we stay in our hearts, we begin to see with eyes that are not clouded by our fears of death and destruction. We enter the flow of the great rivers of life and we begin to trust this moment and whatever it asks of us. We lean into the air that brings us each fresh breath, the fire in our beating heart, the water that holds the love of our ancestors as they surround us the strength in our bones. We are here now to live through these times. This will require great courage and great tenderness. If you feel yourself sliding into the grip of despair, ask for help. Ask the trees, the waters, the stones, Ask a wise human, ask a god or ancestor, light a candle, burn an offering, plant a garden. Open yourself to the miracle that we are still here. You are still here. May our rage and our grief and our despair open our hearts to a greater and more profound sense of beauty.
Thank you for joining me for the Plant Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Schrader. I'm an herbalist, a mother, a holistic nurse, and a practitioner of the ancient ways. You can connect with me between episodes at therebelherbalist.com or on Instagram and Facebook, The Rebel Herbalist. Thank you for joining me, and it's time to come back to life. Thank you.